seems hard but listen Mackenzie I'll, tell us what's going on at your courthouse today all I have to say is this God friended me <laughs> God friended me is, it's is, a show first of all which I did not realize I only knew that before sounds like a delight uh, I'm gonna start leaving those in yeah honestly really to know us. let's get going <laughs> um, in case the listeners at home want to know what's going on I just, just opened my Bon and Viv Prickly pear, spark seltzer, a sweet little seltz. Not an ad. It's just what I'm drinking. Right. Mackenzie has um, her go-to, Michelob Ultra. We're sponsored by Michelob Ultra, that seltzer, prickly pear cacti, and, and God friended me. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, Lexapro on my end. <laughs> anyway, uh, so sorry. God friended me is a show. Oh yeah, that yeah, yeah. God friended me is filming at my courthouse, <laughs> which I also learned today. The Irishman filmed at my courthouse. Oh, that's fun. Which I found out because my coworker was like, I finally made it to the end of The Irishman tonight. I'm not watching it. You can't and make I saw, me. yeah. It's so long. Well, apparently there's a reward at the end and it is a peek at my courthouse. Aww, so now I gotta watch it. But nobody else does for that reason. You can just fast forward to the t- last I'm definitely minutes. gonna do that. Yeah. yeah. You don't so. need to put yourself through that. Yeah. Um, so God friended me? God friended me? God friended me? I think the premise is uh it's kind of like we bought a zoo. It's right there. It's uh it's oh, how is what is the premise of we bought a zoo? Literally you just said it. We bought a oh, zoo. Oh, they bought a zoo? Oh, oh yeah. So you're saying God friended me. <laughs> it is the right there. It's low hanging fruit. I think so. I have I actually have never seen we bought a zoo or God friended me. So, so anyways, no- <laughs> anyways. I'm no authority on either subject, but this is exceedingly persuasive, and we're not going to forget to say it this time. My name is Mackenzie Brennan. I'm sure of that. My name is Brooke Rogers. All right. And I we don't have a Facebook, so God can't. Don't even me. fucking look. A lot has happened. A lot yeah. has happened in the last three days. We dared take like 10 days between episode release and this recording, and my God. Yeah, we actually had another episode recorded, but uh, then it got out of date. Then it got out of date swiftly. really fast. Yeah, and um, so we, we actually the scrapped archives. that. Mm. That will never be released. That's just somewhere it's going to sit on our computer for us to know. And you to never know. Sprinkle into episodes, maybe if we like a joke, we'll just throw it up uh, a joke that makes no sense. Yep. into another a future episode, and you'll be like, "Where is it coming from?" And it's from the hidden episode. They call those Easter eggs. Those are called, yeah, it's from the vault. With yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so archives. Um, this week, honestly, it, it was the craziest. If you are at all interested in politics, it was an exhausting week. It's if you still live going. here, frankly, it's, if, yeah, it's if a you crazy live in New York week. City, if you have oh, I mean the country. Oh, if you live in America, the U.S. of A. Um, yeah. So on, hold on um, to your hats. Let me even think. When did this start? Well, so we're let's say first we're recording this um, mere hours after our beloved leader. President Donald Trump was predictably acquitted in the impeachment trial in the Senate. Yeah, we all know it was coming. I mean, it was like, oh, but the one unpredictable thing Mm -mm -mm. 
Mr. Mitt Romney voted for impeachment and explained the reason why he was doing so was because he did not believe if it hadn't been Joe Biden and Hunter Biden involved in the um, in the deal in the Ukraine that Trump ever would have asked Zelensky to right. look into pretty freaking reasonable look into the cor- yeah. quote unquote corruption. I so absolutely right. I think that yeah, it's a very reasonable assertion. Uh, did not make Republicans happy. He's been labeled a traitor by Republicans. But honestly, like, what does Mitt Romney have to lose at this point? Right. You know, it's he's not probably like not he... going to win a seat again, but so who cares? But he, God, he goes down with some dignity at the very least. Mm. And and also, I think that it it's a great and big statement for bipartisanship and morality, yeah. which, boy, if I ever knew that we would come to a day when I was pining for the likes of Mitt Romney and, frankly, for the days when G.W. Bush was the worst president that we could remember. Did you ever see the documentary Fucked. Mitt? No, I'm not. Okay. So I'm not sure all, I'm ever going to. We have to watch it together because okay, it is well, then I will. a really, really good documentary. But there's one scene where where Mitt is wearing a dress shirt. Oh, with his special like Mormon panties? I don't know. They have to wear special underwear. No, yeah, they have to wear under- I don't think that's only for girls, though, right? Only girls can't show their shoulders and their knees. Oh, no, I think men have, like, a little, like, jumper. Like a onesie? I'm going to... I'm... They do in my head, certainly. Prove I, us wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> do it, Mitt. So he's wearing a suit, and he notices, like, that the sleeve of his suit is crinkly, so he starts ironing the suit... Oh, like, no. Like, with a minute, and he's like, ouch. But, like, he's like... He's, oh, like, no! Ironing his sleeve down while he's wearing it anyway Ooh, it's a bad. it's a wild wild documentary so like compared to the likes of wiener oh no that not that wild but it's it's pretty exciting it's mitt wild though it's mitt wild yeah. <laughs> mitt gone wild all right um anyway so mitt condition there that this was that that happened today yeah, and we'll get we'll get to impeachment and wrap that bad boy up later. Yeah. Um, uh, yesterday was Tuesday. Yesterday was the State of the Union, which was crazy. We will touch back on that. Super grounded episode. in reality. Yeah. Um, and then on Monday, there was the uh, Iowa caucus, which was the first yes. caucus. This is the first vote in the primaries. Oh, and then Friday, just for the record, we're going to have the Democratic debate also. This so, like, Friday this is, is a banner week. Yes, coming Friday. So there... <laughs> A lot's been going on. Also, hmm. nothing has been normal. The Iowa <laughs> caucus has happened, and it is Wednesday, and we're still not sure who won. So we're just going to say that out front. We're going to talk a lot about the caucuses. We're not going to announce a winner because as of right now, nobody has. <laughs> we don't know one. By the time this is released, one may have been announced. We don't know, but we're going to talk about the process a little bit. What went wrong in the process? We're going to explain how it's a caucus even works. I'm yeah. going to answer some questions that you guys sent me on Instagram. Uh, we're going to talk through that a little bit. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> um, bottom line, just um, so you're aware. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. The night of an election, you usually know who won the election. If you've noticed. Yeah. That's usually how this works. Worst case scenario, like there's a recount or crazy hanging chads. Sometimes uh, you get hanging chads. Yeah. They're hanging around. But at least you have a, a verdict of sorts to work with. Night of. Yeah. Uh, that did not happen at all. X percent reporting, all that good stuff. You usually have an idea. Um, the night of the, the Iowa caucuses, I stayed up until... Cockeye? Uh, I know. I keep wanting to say... I know. Cockeye? Cock- <laughs> oh, my God. Wait. Caucus? I do have to take this moment to say because it came up so organically and i'm yeah okay i'm forcing it maybe it's not super organic but speaking of organic things i stayed late at work yesterday to help 
my judge figure out whether feces is plural or singular. And what did you discover? You want to place your bets? Wait, wait, I want to do drum roll. I'm going to guess singular? It's plural. It's plural. Wait, so what's Sorry. the singular? Well, that's Feast? the fun twist. There isn't one. Is it, Okay, in my mind... There is no fecum. There's no, like, feast. one feast. <laughs> a singular feast. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a fun fact. Anybody who's out there, there were feces, multiple feces, and you can't ever say, like, there was one fecum or well, was fecum a feces. Word, right? Because right. you're saying there's no there's You can't no say there was so a just... feces or there was feces. There were feces. I was writing a decision. It came up. Now Your job is so much fun. <laughs> I thought Anyways. we had good times in my office, but you and your crazy... Bring the kooky feces talk home The was you. or were of where the feces... <laughs> Gotta keep it professional. Um, but anyways, yeah, so the caucuses. Caucuses. So, so yeah, the caucuses were held, and I, I was up till one in the morning uh, Eastern time. I was sitting with my roommate, Sarah, and we're watching on my laptop. We're just watching the live coverage. And, of course, this is hours into the process. So there's panelists. Right. And Iowa is central time zone. So they're an hour before us. Right. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a little early for them, but not by much. And yeah. the panels, the panelists who are talking, I think we were watching ABC, which were like the main, uh, the main people covering it. And as someone who has been on news panels before – that is my worst to just keep nightmare. going that you're just sitting there you're having to talk to about stuff. you there for like maybe two hours. Yeah. And suddenly like four hours in, you're just trying to come up with something to say. Small talk and you got no new information. It's like, how about it? How about that? Yeah. Weather? At that point, we were, we were, we were, now were joking that at that point, I was surprised I didn't just like pull out and be like, let's do natal charts. Like, what's your, like, what's your zodiac sign? Man, yeah. I'm a, I'm a Aquarius moon. What are you? And then just like start like showing them on a screen on TV because there was nothing to talk about. Nothing was happening no reports there was no results rolling in at all do you remember that standstill episode of parks and rec where they have to fill the whole night with like a pledge drive and yes. they just start like breaking out like here's how you can a chair yeah i <laughs> i found an egg in my jacket let's do magic with it that is how yeah. it felt on like watching this this tv and i was like at just being on that panel, you, it's like purgatory. You can't leave. Yeah, right. And you can't stop talking. This is why you need a hidden talent in your back pocket at all times. I'm going to learn how to juggle. Oh. That's my... Weird talent, but okay. Yeah. Or like uh, the Miss Congeniality talent where she's like, she like plays the music glasses? on the wine you... glass. Like, it's pretty easy. Yeah. I no. can do that, but I can't like play song. You know, I can do like oh, one no, or two. No, I can't right. juggle that many. Yeah. Um, so, um, so let's... Yeah, just to break down hours I'm going to start with... Uh, a couple like easy questions up front that I got just some basic questions. Do you want to introduce what a caucus is first? Yeah, actually that was one of the questions. Okay, was, perfect. That was so cute. <laughs> um, the way she. Phrased I mean, honestly, it. I don't even fully know, and I work in law and politics. Um, so I'm not gonna say anyone's names except for one because I'm sure he'd be fine with it. Uh, but I don't know, man. I'll say it. Who is it? But then it's Ben Kissel. He, ben he, K. Ben K. From asked Brooklyn. a question later. <laughs> so I will, I will keep the other the other questions anonymous. But someone asked, this is so sweet the way they phrase this. I promise I'm not dumb, but what is a caucus? It's Dude, not a dumb same. question. Nobody, like up until 72 hours ago, I wasn't clear on it either. And then I just 
did a deep dive into this, so we can explain that. And then the uh, other question that will go hand in hand with this answer is what's the difference between a caucus and a primary? And right, right. Primary? And they do pair well. I remember when I was first learning about this, and of course I retained very little, so I'm excited to hear your explanation. Mm. Um, like, I remember hearing that there's something about like going to everybody rushing to like yeah. certain sides of the room like it's a a middle school like grouping where you count it's off sometimes and, in oh a middle school gym. yes yeah it's nuts so uh a caucus is a meeting where party <laughs> members select candidates or decide their positions on issues uh most primary regular primaries are structured they're very personal you go into a booth you cast your vote in private Whereas caucusing is very communal. So and also every- formalized, like you're doing it on paper. It's yes. Primaries it's, are. It, but yeah. it's very <clears throat> out in the open. Yeah. Um, so everyone knows who you're voting for, and other groups will often try to persuade you to vote for their candidate instead on second realignment. And I will go messy. through. It's so messy. It's, it, it is kind of like um, games that I remember playing like at camp or I was homeschooled so that I have no school equivalent but you know i can't whatever where it's like okay everybody run to this thing and you all yeah. run to like a, like, a, like a pink circle and it's like everyone run to like the red square on the floor and then you like run to did like, you ever play dodgeball and they would have like the balls lined up in the middle yeah and, like everybody had to like rush to get one that is a and people bonk concert. heads <laughs> it is you show up at an open location like a gym and you find people who support your candidate and you all stand in a group and then there's what's called the first alignment. Um, Sounds like a Zodiac thing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so basically the first alignment is to catalog the votes. Uh, for a candidate to be viable, they have to reach 15% of the total people there. So ha- they count everyone in the room first. And then they... Oh, okay. So this is weeding out the outliers. Yeah. And then you count the people in the group. So everyone kind of stands and it's like, we're Biden's people. We're Buttigieg's people. We are, you know... It's, it really <laughs> sounds like camp. I swear to God. Sometimes you hold signs or you wear t-shirts to but signify Do you have like you a there. big head cut out like you see you at concerts? <laughs> I would like that. Um, and there are usually people there who, you know, keep the group organized, things like that. Um, so, yeah, for a candidate to be viable, they have to have 15% of the total people there. Uh, then the supporters of the candidate who wasn't viable. So there were places, there were counties where um, Biden wasn't viable. There were counties where Yang wasn't viable, mm. but they, he had people there. They, they had support, stragglers, kind of, yeah, like fifteen or twenty people there. Sure, that didn't meet the total, like fifteen percent of the total people. I mean, this is kind of how large scale, uh, like on a national scale, politics work to eliminate third party, like Ross Perot. You kind of yeah. have to meet a bottom threshold to even be counted, and if you don't meet it on these smaller scale things, you kind of lose. So large, it's a way not to waste votes. Large in a certain, stakes, yeah, certain sense. But yeah. the supporters of the candidate who wasn't viable whatever candidates weren't viable their supporters after the first count can either choose to leave altogether and say i'm out i don't want to go to another candidate or they can switch to a different candidate's group of people do they have to switch on mass uh i don't think the entire group of people have to move you but can they can agree to, to leave to. but you can all agree to okay. move to another group like you're not gonna, you can't be forced you're not like to bound vote. yeah to, yeah you're not bound <clears throat> to your group of people you can choose after first alignment okay i wanted to vote for yang he's not viable i don't want to vote for anybody else i'm leaving yeah but there is a certain amount of you would assume societal pressure to if the group wants to you know well we're gonna sure. give our votes to you know especially if the candidate themselves Bernie. like i know yang instructed his people yeah. to go and they did yeah there were videos of and actually it was kind of a very joyous video of a bunch of people with math hats and yang signs 
and they all decided to move over to Bernie and there was this kind of like group like because Yang Cause, said yeah. to do that yeah and yeah, so yeah. for them it was probably a little bit disappointing that their first choice didn't get it but then it was like they had the, the you know the wink wink okay to move Daddy over said, to Bernie yeah. sure um after all of the non-viable candidates are weeded out, they have a second alignment. So the formula to appropriate delegates after the second alignment, after everyone's counted, is... Oh, brother. Okay, this is where it gets yeah. a little mathy. <laughs> and um, it's going to get a little in the weeds, but I'm just going to try to get through this quickly. Okay. It doesn't make any sense, but I think that we'll if we're going to talk about how caucuses work, we have to talk about this. Okay. So everyone... Hold your after nose. Second, yeah. <laughs> after second alignment... All of the all of the supporters find their different groups. They're counted again. So there are only a certain number of delegates for the county, right? So I'm going to use an actual example um, that I found on Twitter. Sean Sebastian was the caucus secretary for Story County Precinct 1-1 in Iowa, and he explained how they doled out their six candidates. So the number of supporters each candidate has in the second alignment, you take them, and you multiply them by the number of delegates available in that county, and then you divide that number by the total number of people at the caucus. So, okay, let's do it. First alignment in this Story County Precinct 1-1 gym or wherever it was held. Um, and I got this off Sean Sebastian's Twitter just to, to plug him. That's very helpful. Uh, yes, he, it, was a, it was actually really informative. So for the first alignment, Bernie had 111. Warren had 82, and Pete had 47. Okay. Let's so, hope they're divisible easily. <laughs> this was the first count before oh, right. they so weeded we out the, it the non-viables. And then they weeded out the non-viables. Those people left. And then – oh, and by the way, uh, at the, for this particular thing, I think the, the count to be viable was like 42. So Pete just made it over. Okay, okay, because he was 47, you said? That's right. After that. So, again, first alignment, Bernie 111, Warren 82, Pete 47. They, that, they weeded out the non-viables. They brought them back together. And then they divided them based off of the number of delegates – which what it, it turned out being there were 285 people there so they took the second alignment numbers multiplied them by the six delegates they had divided them by 285 sanders was supposed to it was uh 2.40.44 warren was 1.72 and Buttigieg was 1.53 okay so the problem is now is you can't cut They're delegates not. in half <laughs> well it's it's not advised it's frowned upon. <laughs> it would be difficult for them to make it to the next. Yeah, yeah without, to, to go sure. vote for, sure, on sure, your sure. behalf if they were cut in half. Not functional anymore. <laughs> so you have to round. So Warren, Sanders, and Buttigieg, even though they had very different numbers, Sanders almost had twice had more than twice the number that Buttigieg had on first alignment. Sure. It was forty-seven okay. versus one hundred and eleven. Even though th that was how it panned out, they all ended up getting the same number of delegates. Because they had to round. So again, Sanders got 2.44, Warren got 1.72, and Buttigieg got 1.53. Oh my god. But they rounded Sanders down, and they rounded Buttigieg and Warren up, so they all got two delegates. See, it's also both exact in terms of the math that you're held to, mm -hmm. and inexact because it, that sort of precision it does not lend itself to people. Absolutely. And if you think about it, it kind of sucks. Yeah. For the people who showed up for Bernie and Warren, Warren had almost double. Bernie had more than double of the people who right. showed up for Pete. All of those people spent hours and hours of their day showing up to voice 
who they wanted right. to be the primary nominee, and they basically got nixed. And it's like, oh, yeah, let's just fucking round it. Uh, absolutely. So that's how a caucus works. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's inexact. And this, I think, underscores a point that I wanted to make, which is that a lot of things, I think, have been made out to seem very nefarious and calculated. But the reality, in my view, is that it's just sloppy and dumb. Listen, I'm not going to, at this point, say absolutely everything's on the up and up. Sure. I don't feel comfortable saying that. No, but I can't I will say that say either. Is this. It is far more likely that this is an extremely clumsy system yeah. that makes no sense. You show up at a gym and you wander into the group that you want to <sighs> caucus with and then you stand there for hours with people you don't know until they count you all and then you shuffle into other groups and they count you again and if you leave, you're not counted. And you're yelling and you have signs the whole time. It, oh my God. People have kids at home. People have jobs. People have responsibilities they can't just be held to stand it's like it's a hellish system that sounds like it was created by three drunk thir- third graders who just learned how to spell democracy and then they were shown like like pick a system of how to and vote didn't for people hone it. like it hasn't <laughs> been honed over the decades upon decades that this has been a thing like i just i don't know so as my mom would say it's probably not a felony but it's felony stupid it is felony stupid so yeah this is a system that i can't believe we still have I think I'm, we might be witnessing the death of it. And we should be. Of caucusing, at least. It yeah. makes no sense. No. It's, it's so bizarre and unfair to voters. And we're highlighting the issues. We're highlighting the it. issues yeah. of this here. If, if anything good can come out of this whole yeah. situation. Silver lining. Um, it's that. Oh, and, th- and there were several other factors that kind of went into this whole bumbling mess. Um, one oh, of yeah. them was that they recently changed uh, the rules. So in previous years, if... You reached 15% and you were of, so your candidate was viable. You could still be pulled into another group if that group decided to go vote for somebody else. Like against your will? No, no, you wouldn't have to go along with it. But you, like, okay, so the rule now mm-hmm. is that once a candidate reaches viability, those supporters are locked in. They cannot switch. Okay, that's fair. Until they cannot switch to voting for someone else. Mm-hmm. You could only switch to voting for someone else if your candidate is not viable. Okay. The rule before was that if even if anybody anyone could switch to anything, all. it was a free for all. So somebody might become unviable. Yes, because some of their supporters because decided they're bailing. I'm going to go actually sure. stand with. And so it was just too chaotic. Just Honestly, it made sense yeah. to change. But there was a lot. Of, there were a lot of reports coming out that a a lot of people didn't understand the math when it came down to trying to figure delegates out. Because, again, these are these are people. These are people who are volunteering their time. And they're not math teachers. They're no. not mathematicians. They're not trained they're in this. They're organizers just organizers like trying to help democracy succeed. And the Probably math volunteering their time. Oh, my God. I mean, you guys just heard me describe that. That yeah. it, You're dealing with people. You're dealing with people moving around a lot. You're trying to count heads. It's a nightmare. So... The, the one problem with the reports are coming out that there were a lot of people who didn't understand the the math of the second alignment. There were a lot of people who didn't know about the the new rules with second alignment. Oh, geez, yeah. If you've done it one way before and then you're teaching, oh so again, human Stupid. valuable things. Yes. Uh, and then then we also saw a problem with technology, and that's when we're gonna get a little what? bit that into. That has never failed anybody ever. Technology works for everyone. You're being crazy. What really happened? All if all of that had happened, but they'd had a smooth way to report their numbers. Yeah, like it, we've been doing this for years. Exactly, as as Amy Klobuchar said, 
when she landed in New Hampshire after leaving Iowa, she said, we've had votes, we've had caucuses for many, many years before computers. Time immemorial. They have the paper records. I'm sure we'll figure this out. Um, so we will we will figure this out. It's but, almost like smartphones are making us less connected. It's almost like smartphones are making us dumber. Mm. <laughs> so there was a the, uh, the for the first time this year, Democratic the Iowa Democratic Party um, used an app called. Ready for this? Yeah. Shadow. Oh. Like this is the dumbest you episode write of the, Scandal right? ever. It sounds like something out of Scandal. You like would roll your eyes. You'd be like, "This is so heavy-handed." Why would you? Why would you use an app called Shadow to to help You're with inviting the, the comparison? The like it's yeah, it's it's insane. ridiculous. So and and not only that, but um, so we're, this is how, where we're gonna get a little bit into some other questions. Um, there, someone asked, "What's up with the hashtag Mayor Cheat?" Is it is the conspiracy legitimate? How'd they come up with that? Uh, I don't know how. Uh, someone was like, "Oh, that's a pun. That's that good. We can make." Um, I'll add Ginny's question. My friend Ginny, in who said, "Did Russia hack the phone lines?" <laughs> they jammed it. Like, several people asked, "What's going on with this apps? This app situation?" Um, someone asked, "Are there confirmed connections between?" the app developers and pete Buttigieg. there were a lot of questions about the app and i think that this is so how real is the history yeah exactly kind of. is yeah. it is it really this shadowy conspiracy <laughs> um so <sighs> what went wrong with the app was basically uh they had a system for everyone to kind of send in the the results from each individual location and something went wrong when they were trying to like sort through all that and to be fair, you had one completely, job. Yeah, you had one job. You've had years to prepare for this. You should have, you should have done this better. There's no so excuse. It's so high uh. stakes. There are no excuses. No. They messed this up so badly um, with the Pete Buttigieg connection. So uh, Shadow was launched by a company called Acronym. Uh, I'm using the word launched, although Acronym um, they they were started in 2017. They're a, a Democratic. Uh, organization nonprofit corporation yeah they're supposed to support progressive causes and all that good stuff right That's their stated mission yeah um since this whole thing has happened acronym has tried to distance itself from the project for <laughs> no kidding <laughs> obvious reasons they don't want to be associated uh, with a uh, failure uh, yeah um but the problem is acronym ceo is tara mcgowan she's a political strategist She's married to Michael Hall, who's a senior strategist for Pete Buttigieg's presidential campaign. Not the same as Anthony Michael Hall. Mm, not that I know of. I think that we probably would have caught that one. Oh, Maybe. No, it's Hall with an E. So oh, well, see, that's definitely not. Um, so the CEO of Acronym, which is affiliated with Shadow Inc. Yes. And um, actually touted their affiliation with shadow for a long time before this happened and then completely scrubbed all reference to it after um again hiding your affiliation with an app called shadow look shady i don't know like it's stop don't don't even have to say it it's just it's too easy stop making this so easy for people but in practicality like the likelihood of one pulling the strings on the other is you know, Pete Buttigieg's presidential campaign um, also paid Shadow Inc. forty-two thousand dollars for software. I don't know when. At some point, like they they purchased software. They purchased them. software yeah, sure. from the company. Okay. So that's the connection. Um, 
I want to clarify that. Yeah, Pete Buttigieg's purchase was just as a as a campaign as a company. right. Like as they a, work know. with a lot of these progressive candidates and causes and primaries and things like that. But apparently, Shadow had all, was also going to work with Nevada. Sure. So when you hear about oh, there's this connection between Pete Buttigieg and Shadow. That's the connection. Yeah, you can make of not, that what you will. Sure. I'm not going to tell anyone how to think about that. It I don't think it, it sounds nefarious on paper. I think that, you know, there's there's certainly enough weirdness that, again, probably felony stupid mm-hmm. more than felony Yeah. to work with without making hypothetical leaps that are only supported by what ifs and not really any I will say where where everyone went wrong here was just not vetting that connection yeah. and realizing yeah. how that would look the to optics voters. are so yeah. bad it's really bad don't name your company shadow don't have a connection with one of the and, candidates oh who ultimately came out on top of the <sighs> he was you know he's leading in in the results at this point um and the fact that you are a company that works with politicians and causes and elections mm-hmm. and you wouldn't think to cover your ass and the politicians and groups wouldn't think to cover their yeah. asses Oh, my God. It's ripe for scandal. Another thing that looked really strange was that uh, as there was zero percent of the results had come in, we had some data on individual votes, again, like popular votes. And which is different than delegate count, which is and we will get into the the, bottom line. We'll get into the that's another question that uh, that we'll get into. But as Mackenzie was saying, that's different from delegate count. So the popular vote that we had at midnight (laughs) on on that night, on the night of the caucus, um, was that uh, Bernie was actually leading the the popular vote. We didn't, but there was like zero percent of the results on actual delegate appropriation was in, which makes sense with the way that you described it. Yeah, right. Um, because of the app problem and the other kind of bumbling around. <laughs> uh, also, if you were watching uh, Twitter that night, which I was, um, there were a lot of videos where delegate decisions you know how they have to round up around round down if they tied they would flip a coin yes to see who got the delegate and liz warren lost two i saw coin flip there was a video of a decision being made about whether or not bernie or Buttigieg would get these delegates and they had a Buttigieg campaign affiliate he's the one who flipped the coin and if you look at the video it's like he flips it and then he catches it, and then he pulls it out, and it's like such an oh. obvious thing. And then he goes, heads, and then Buttigieg wow. won. It's like the most obvious. Like honestly, if you watch the video, it's the most obvious. Like they shouldn't have had him do it. I mean, the fact that anything determinative, really, of who we will have as our president, yeah. because even if Iowa, yeah, isn't going to make a huge difference, the like signaling and who's yeah. doing well does. The fact that anything related to steps that will decide. Who is the nominee is decided by that by coin bullshit. toss by yeah. coin toss and by manipulable coin toss. Yeah, it's nuts. And I saw yeah I saw four or five coin toss videos. Uh, yeah, and again Liz you Warren lost two by coin toss. You yeah. imagine that that happened a lot more than we saw in video, and it's just like why are this is so disrespectful to voters. This is democracy. It's it's the it's it's, it's literally not. Yeah, the, it's the corruption of democracy. It is it is democracy dumbed down. It's the imperfection of because it's always been there. It's, it's just, somehow we haven't managed to fix it in absolutely many ridiculous. centuries. Anyways, um, anyways, yeah. so the night of again, it's it's midnight. Every all the votes, it's over. The polls are closed, but. Um, 0% of the results are in. People are kind of wondering what's going on. We have the popular vote. In the popular vote, Bernie is ahead. And 
Pete Buttigieg comes out and basically declares victory. Bad and says, move. Yeah, it, it looked really weird, especially like considering, you know, there's all these other questions up in the air. And then he comes out and basically says, we won this thing. And, you know, Iowa chose a path tonight. And he gets on a plane and leaves. And everyone's just <laughs> like, does he know something we don't know? Because which again, don't have any results in. There is no evidence except for the absence of evidence. Right. It's the it's the. It's the addition of everything, right? It's it's looking at everything that comes in. It's the in. optics. It's the gross, yeah. And there's already so there's already so much skepticism among voters about the process that we have and if it's fair and if votes actually matter and if their votes are being respected and it is this the way that this was dealt with top to bottom is so disrespectful to voters, and it just completely erodes at voter confidence in the system. And it was preventable. System. It Absolutely. was really preventable. Yes. I, I'd like to think, I mean, I know we all have arrogance in hindsight, yeah. but boy, this seems so simple. It seems like something, I mean, this we've been doing this for centuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the year it has to go wonky. Like, it just, it's such a weird... After everything that went down, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I will refer um, back if you want to go through... We did talk a little bit about the uh, the DNC and what the actual extent of involvement and impact. And because I know there, there was a lot of conspiracy talk and, and some rightful talk uh, after Donna Brazil's book came out. And, you know, how much impact did the mm-hmm. DNC have on Bernie losing and Hillary winning? We did talk about that in a prior episode. I think it's the one on the on one of the debates. I, I believe think, so as well. Yeah, yeah. And then there were 12 or whatever, however many candidates. It is worthwhile to know that, you know, it, it's not a black and white binary. It's not like involvement decides or doesn't decide. Mm-hmm. And it's worth weighing with the facts like Yes, it's it's messed up that this has an impact. Maybe it didn't decide, but here are the ways to confront it. But let's not get yeah. too alarmed on either side. Right. And then today, uh, the Iowa Democratic Party was releasing data and actually had to withdraw some data because uh, they released data for Black Hawk County and their data didn't match the data that Black Hawk County had released themselves again so they released independent data yeah and the iowa democratic party released it, it didn't line up and it actually the the data that um the iowa democratic party released had deducted some from warren and bernie and accidentally moved it to i think steyer and patrick so <laughs> not only are we all waiting days after the <laughs> primary and it's being released in increments we got 61 percent, and then we have 75 percent, and i think we're now we're up to 81 percent. but it's being released in people are increments. counting this by hand they're yeah absolutely yeah. it's but instead of just waiting four days or five days until they have the finished count and then releasing it like that yeah they're just they're releasing in bits yeah. and some of it's coming out incorrect and it's it's Again, playing into people's suspicions that something yeah. isn't right here. So I have a lot of sympathy for people who uh, were concerned about things being on the up and up anyway. And then as they're watching this go down, they're they're thinking, "This is this is what I was concerned about." You know, this is what I was worried about. So as we we you know we've talked about how um, a lot of this is probably just clumsy mistakes that shouldn't have been made. Yeah, and it becomes an easy wedge to drive between yeah. people in the same party. Like, 
to me the biggest thing i see is is how much voter trust and yeah like voting systems have been eroded over the last decades mm-hmm. and that to me screams so much conservative tactics and it's working to breed uh infighting right absolutely at the same yes, time there is some stupidity within yeah the yeah and that's that's something that but it's just again, right like, for distrust i and that's why i'm gonna go back to what i said before i i can't definitively say at this point no nor can i but i can't say definitively that it is so right. i'm cautious of saying i'm that. cautious yeah. of, of of adding to that fear absolutely or adding to that well um, put yeah adding I, I don't want to do that i don't want to inflame fear that's already because there's plenty of that i don't want to poke a nerve that's already so raw so i'm gonna say i'm not going to belittle people who feel that way sure because i understand why they feel that way and i'm also not going to definitively say that that's what's happening i'm gonna see i'm gonna wait and see how this plays yeah. out i'll long-term. take a step further and say i'll caution against um assuming things because you know, really look for positive evidence versus negative mm-hmm. evidence. So that means look yeah. for evidence that something actively happened, not just this could have happened, so it did. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a good way of looking at politics in general. Also, just to clarify the record, the DNC does not have any control over or hand in caucusing. For what right. it's worth. It's the Iowa Democratic Party yes. that's handling this at this point. Because I know there's been a lot of parallelism between the two. Yes. Yeah. The DNC should still absolutely have a better like they they need to know how to handle this now but it in is terms the, of optics and in terms and, of optics yeah, sure, and, sure. and control, like, keeping the party like united yeah. but it's the iowa democratic party that actually is is dealing with this uh, at this point so sure. yeah um just worth knowing absolutely also what's so a one last question uh from our friend ben kissel um, okay. was how can someone lose the popular vote and get more delegates this is a beautiful question that just parallels everything from the drafting of the constitution mm. to the electoral college to uh middle school gym in iowa exactly so the, the at this point there, there's a point where uh pete was leading by delegate count and bernie was leading by popular vote as you said before the way that happens is because rural areas are given more delegates per caucus goer so basically they per capita kind of per capita but well but but caucus caucus going capital yeah yeah exactly so much like how the electoral college uh rural areas have technically more delegate power per capita in rural areas of the state of iowa yeah they have more delegate power ver- per caucus goer. And when we say per capita, it means per individual voter. So right. when I say that this traces back to the literal drafting of the Constitution, this is a compromise about bicameralism, mm-hmm. about having two houses of Congress, that the House of Representatives is done by population, which favors states that actually have more people, and the Senate is done by state. So mm. Wyoming and California, as Brooke used as an example before, they ha- they both have two senators. So every person in Wyoming gets more senatorial representation than every person in California does. And their and vote in the Electoral College matters more absolutely. than condensed areas like New York City where right, we live now. Right, because it's, it's kind of even per humans in the state. Um, and just to straighten a, a historical record this is a compromise that was made to largely appease these rural agrarian um often slave owning states so this has been a tactic that 
has been ripe for abuse and people have known how to abuse it on that side of the aisle regardless of what name it bore yeah uh absolutely for centuries (laughs) and so if you're sitting there maybe maybe you are an iowa voter right oh yeah i mean brooks a wyoming i'm a wyoming (laughs) knight i don't vote there anymore but there are other states uh iowa nevada north dakota wyoming uh, the virgin islands caucus um guam caucuses oh hell those, yeah i mean they're not states. represented in the the houses but yes no yeah. th- but their vote counts in the primary. sure yes yes, yes um yes. so if you are a voter and you're thinking okay well that's not fair my vote shouldn't count for less because i happen to live in the city in an urban area you're right it's stupid it's it's not good yep. that your vote counts less because where are you that's happen not to democracy. live and if you're thinking uh-huh isn't that kind of racist since a lot of people of color tend to live in the city and the rural areas tend to be more white yeah huh how about that it's int- isn't that isn't that interesting crazy why would why would they do well that? and you know what it even traces back um in a more nefarious way because the whole reason that the electoral college was put in place was to add a step kind of a buffer between the common man who is gross and stupid and the proletariat the public absolutely and the decisions that have a lot of punch so it's like let's not really let them have a lot of control let's keep a little barrier but make them think they're in control it's funny because for all the talk of um there is a lot of there is a lot of like quote-unquote liberal elitism that we see in the high you know if you you have a the intersection of being upper class and being in a blue in a blue city you may have very different priorities than people who live in rural Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But when it comes down to who has the actual power, when you look at the vote power they have, they actually have a lot more power than oh, people living in cities. This is a great segue if if we're ready. Um, we are. I, that's that's co- I answered as many questions as I could. I'm so sorry if I didn't get to your question. We are running out of time here. But that's and, caucuses, everybody. In a weird way, hopefully it won't be relevant beyond this year because it it has really shed some light on a shit show that has been running maybe marginally more smoothly for many many years uh it's gross anyways um to make the population representation jump today uh donald trump was acquitted in the senate trial by a margin of four votes i believe Mm. uh it was 48 to 52 Mm -hmm. so i guess but they needed 67 to right to convict yeah yeah but even still the if it had been 50 50 it would have been a lot more Yeah. Is that two votes? That's two votes. Um, Listen, we have done our math for tonight. That's behind us now. Look, this is... <laughs> yeah. But so I think somebody had noted that the number of actual people represented by the 48 who voted to convict, they numbered 18 million more people than were represented by the 52 who voted to acquit. Mm-hmm. So there we see in stark contrast the fact that more humans votes are represented by fewer senators that's right and thus was trump acquitted yes and there is this feeling it's so funny because you know people in red states there tends to be this rhetoric of the silent majority yeah the silent majority Majority. and you know true americans live in these red states and fake americans live in these blue states and those people aren't really patriotic and those people don't you know but again actually when it comes down to the senate a lot more people oh yeah i mean sure we're all in our own bubble because we all self-isolate but 
in terms of like ideology and echo chamber i think that's a more legitimate argument but representation careful y'all yeah yeah so um that not unexpected today but certainly very disappointing some stuff that we thought was worth covering even though we have lamentably moved on for the moment this is now mackenzie's gonna take the take the wheel a little bit because this is her jesus area of expertise me being jesus god friended me god friended me me rising inflection uh yeah so just some things that we will leave behind for the time being i guess there is always the asterisk and door open that um especially with john bolton having not been subpoenaed because we voted not to have any witnesses in this trial john bolton came out and said that Trump absolutely intended to keep the funding until Zelensky came out and announced that Biden was being investigated. Didn't he say somebody was in the Cipollone, Pat Cipollone, too? I don't I didn't know was in the media. Yeah. No, it it kept coming out. It kept like trickling out. But that went directly against what the basically that it implies that that Trump did intend a quid pro quo. Absolutely. And this was John Bolton. You can't exactly you, they tried, but you can't frame him as, you know, a tool of the left. He absolutely is right. a, a right wing war, war He hawk. was a, yeah. uh, a GW Bush fella. Um, so their best strategy was to just prevent any evidence and any witnesses from coming out, which they did to to full effect. So they needed four defectors. And of course, you had the hand wringing of the likes of uh, Collins and Murkowski, who always were like, oh, gosh, maybe we're going to vote against it. And then they, uh, you know, approved Kavanaugh. So um, well, Collins and Murkowski, I think uh, I think it was Collins who ended up voting for witnesses. And a yeah, lot one of, of them did. And Murkowski voted against. But Collins did uh, allegedly with the understanding from Mitch McConnell that she would not be a he decider. Gave the nod. Well, because yes. I think that so she McConnell, McConnell was looking at the polling that was coming out of her constituency, Very realizing yeah. that it might put her in a bad position if and she put voted him in a bad against position. witnesses. Because yeah. if she lose this, loses this seat to a Democrat in future, that's bad She's for him as well. She's made a lot of calls. Mikowski and Collins have made a lot of calls it, it, on big, important issues. I mean, I'm starting to wonder if they really have because the reason that we credit them as the, the deciding factor is that they pay a lot of lip service, but the lip service never really seems to be anything more than that. So Yeah. Uh, but in any event, but their um, votes are important to McConnell. Oh, yeah. It's just so surreal. So I was watching the debate over whether witnesses will be called mm. in this trial with my friend Allie, who is not in politics and hadn't been following everything except that she knew something was amiss. Mm. And she read the headline and she's like, I, I feel like I don't really understand what's going on, actually. And the headline was something like debate over calling witnesses in the impeachment trial and i explained it to her and she's like oh so it it's actually about calling witnesses in a trial yeah she's like this is insane it seems like that would be simple right she's like i thought i was stupid because that was in a trial right because it was so intuitive yeah i'm like yep no (laughs) that is what they are all debating for these many hours um and i one thing that i want to return to even though sadly now it is dated um and irrelevant but i think it highlighted everything beautifully um i saw john cornyn on face the nation a couple weekends ago 
and he followed up Jerry Nadler. So John Cornyn is a Republican senator. Jerry Nadler is a Democrat in the House. And Jerry Nadler had just been on saying, you know, we have a really strong case. Uh, it's supported by so much evidence. It's a slam dunk, whatever. John Cornyn says, it's funny that, that Nadler said they have a strong case. If their case is so strong, why do they want to present witnesses? And it's I was just, just agape. Uh, like, Oh, my God. So, Mackenzie, as a lawyer, <sighs> how does that make you feel? I think it's awesome for due process, which, again, a lot of lip service paid. What if what if it's a criminal trial and... Imagine it were a cr- criminal trial. Yeah. Let's say it's OJ. Well, no, that's that turned out poorly also. Um, let's say who's... Ted the, Bundy. So, it's Ted Bundy. Mm. And the people of the state of Florida, I guess, mm-hmm. stand up. And they say, listen, this case is so good. Mm-hmm. We have so much evidence. It is a slam dunk. And then Ted Bundy as take a, his own Take lawyer. our word for it. Take our word for it. Yeah. It's so good. We're not even going to call anyone because it's that good. Yeah. The Wh- people why rest. Do you, yeah, t- t- or yeah, Ted Bundy just stands up and goes, why do you need witnesses? Well, he, like he doesn't. Because they're putting the onus on on the people. So the people at the end of that statement, they're like, no, no, no. This is such a strong case. We have so much. The people rest. Like, that's it. That's it. We don't need to bring witnesses because Uh, uh, we think that the case makes itself. To know. Yeah. But the thing is. People of the jury. Witnesses are part of the trial. Witnesses are part of the case. As is evidence, which again, uh, new evidence was not allowed Mm -hmm. to be produced. That was the product of of a previous vote. So when you hear this described as a sham trial and not even a trial but a cover-up it is apt yeah this is not a trial well again why if you knew that absolutely you knew that as the defense if you as and as trump kept saying i want a fair trial set it to the senate yeah right let's have a fair trial and then they don't want to bring john bolton yeah absolutely like why so in a practical sense, I think that really grounds it, too, that you have the legal sense that this is not, it makes zero sense, even to lay people. And then there's the practical sense, like, okay, if you're not guilty, bring witnesses. And then there's there's a creepy, maybe we'll get into it at some point, about executive power and the danger that these sort of arguments cement. But Alan Dershowitz, who uh, was part of the president's defense team, along with Ken Starr, who excoriated Monica Lewinsky and was very gross in that trial... Uh, or in that impeachment, rather. Um, Dershowitz's argument that made a lot of headlines, arguably more than his last argument in light of defending Jeffrey Epstein, which is that should there even be an age of consent? Yeah. Uh. So, yeah. At, at one point, Alan Dershowitz wrote a, a column that basically argued... Which he stands by, by the way. he stands by. Why can't 16-year-olds consent? It was in... The context of, he said, if 16-year-olds can have an abortion without their parents knowing, why can't they consent to sex? It's such a strange argument to make. Because one is with an, oh my god, the differences between control over your own body being invaded and preventing your body from being invaded. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a it's such a weird case to make. And again, it goes... It, and it's it so easy it, to debunk, why make rather. this? Yeah, it's, such a, it's such a strange case to make. Why make this argument... That we should. Well, that, we know why. Yeah, I mean, yes. Dershowitz has been on Jeffrey Epstein's plane quite a bit. He's <laughs> and he has been, I believe, named in complaints. Named as in a complaints. He's been accused of, for what it's worth. Uh, Dershowitz has been accused of sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, so in any event, yeah, his argument was that 
it was very circular but any essentially anything that the president does in the effort to get reelected is in the interest of the country because of course somebody who wants to get reelected is going to do things in the interest of the country so there is virtually nothing that an executive running as an incumbent can do that would violate the rule of law i guess it seems is safe so the founders wanted a king to see a party that for years pretended to be Uh, against big government big government and government overreach and government abuse a monarch (laughs) to argue that nothing a sitting president can do to get himself reelected can be against the interest of the nation it's well the irony is lost on the whole party it seems except for Mitt Romney I guess I think that it's more that they don't care about the means if the end goal they don't care sure. about the means if the end is trump being reelected and that's where the the tangential effects like you know appointing 187 federal judges and things like that and that'll segue us to state of the union which we'll give a couple lines to mm-hmm. just before we leave impeachment as our country will um i do want to quote federalist 65 by your boy Alexander Hamilton. He was uh, subject of a play. I he guess. was in a what? A Sub- play? Subject of a Never play. heard of it. Yeah, whatever. Um, I was really excited when Hamilton came out because he was my late dad's favorite founding father. He's a pretty good one. Yeah, he's sick, yeah. I guess. Anyways, so Federal 65 was thrown around a lot in this process because it, it, it honestly sheds a lot of light on what the founders and the drafters of the Constitution really meant for impeachment meant in terms of removing a president and this is a good time to mention that senator schumer today in the the wrap-up and everybody was giving their conclusion said something that i thought crystallized it very well when he was talking about everybody on the right saying but it's so close to an election and it's Mm. undoing the results of an election he said as if the framers didn't think about elections when they were drafting the impeachment provision right there was no asterisk there was no what if it's within talked about the podcast before the point of an impeachment yes is to undo an election yeah and it's to censure a president who has overreached his power yeah that's what it's for it is the the workaround it's the you know if if somebody does something that crosses these lines so just keep that in mind and i will say this Mm. trump has been impeached Yes. And he was not exonerated. Right. He's been impeached. He just was not convicted. Not removed. So people yes. who want to say that this, that being acquitted somehow. And I'm sure we'll hear that a lot it, in coming it, it will be said many, many times mm-hmm. that being acquitted somehow and undoes the impeachment. It doesn't. He was still impeached. You wish. He was impeached in the same way Bill Clinton was impeached. Bill Clinton was impeached in the House and then was not convicted in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is also Trump's legacy now. And it's a legacy that, in his case, damns the process of any future election because it implicates the mm. legitimacy of any election. So yeah. for what it's worth. But uh, just to bid adieu to impeachment, let's hear from Alexander Hamilton. Um, he says that, He's talking about the risks of impeachment and where it could fall victim to partisanship and said, because impeachable violations are by definition political, they're done immediately to the society itself. And the charges will seldom fail to agitate the passions of the whole community. They'll divide it into parties. And in many cases, the community will connect itself with pre-existing factions Mm. and will enlist all their animosities, partialities, influence and interests on one side or the other. 
In such cases, there will always be the greatest danger that the decision will be regulated more by comparative strength of parties mm -hmm. than by real demonstrations of innocence or guilt. And what Hamilton was saying there is that impeachment is by nature a divisive issue. It's by nature a polarizing issue because it is inherently political. So whatever party you happen to fall under at the time, if you're a Democrat, you're probably going to defend Bill Clinton or under that's Bill the Clinton's. Risk. That's the risk. That people will fall along those lines. Because of human nature, the probability is you might pick a side that already kind of adheres to your political beliefs. And that's exactly what happened here. We yeah. saw... Uh, outside of Mitt Romney. <laughs> Who was the first in history. I mean, granted, there haven't been many, but he was the first in history to vote against his party on an impeachment. And that's Mitt Romney's legacy now. So credit where it's due, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and I do want to add the caveat that this was um, only a fleeting caveat in Hamilton's writing, too, mm -hmm. that it is not by any means an inevitability we can rise above that and we yeah. should. So we shouldn't say just because it is a possibility and it's a susceptibility that we should go there. Right. Uh, yet we have. And so here we are. Yeah, it's it definitely has divided our country. I mean, if if I talk to people, that. you know, in New York about impeachment, it seems so obvious to them that Trump would be impeached because there are all of these pieces of evidence like how did it only show, come up now <laughs> right they, they see a lot of places uh the emoluments clause was violated many times it seems another argument that's been reiterated in the last week or so is like oh how can you convict somebody in an impeachment removal trial without actual crimes and to be fair i believe this was a conscious choice i'm speculating but the actual articles of impeachment don't cite to statutes and i think i think that that probably was because statutes are incomprehensible and they don't sell very well you know they're not not sexy it's not it all hot the time. to say 18 usc 3201 like no nobody cares it's not and yeah, it, baby. <laughs> i don't want to it's a lot to say <laughs> these are a lot of numbers oh my god so that makes sense to me and it also is worth drawing a line that, that this is again he's not being convicted of a crime he's losing his job for which you need to be more qualified than virtually anybody else in the world. So I think that there was an argument to be made for not putting statutory crimes in the mm -hmm. impeachment articles. That said, let's just go through really quickly. I'm going to talk some sexy talk. So I'll just read out a litany as quickly and painlessly as I can if sexy we want. Sexy talk with Mackenzie. <laughs> just so that people know that there are plenty of crimes that trump has implicated himself in or at least witnesses have so 52 usc 30121 is contributions by foreign nationals and that's when you solicit or receive money from foreign governments um 18 usc 872 extortion by an official or employee of the u.s so that's essentially like trying to get somebody to give you something as an official of the u.s 2 usc 192 uh refusal of witnesses to testify or produce papers which I uh, can't think of who's done that in the administration without officially asserting privilege, except to, like, say it as an afterthought on news shows. 18 U.S.C. 610, coercion of political activity. And the last one in this very perfunctory list, uh, and probably incomplete list, 18 U.S.C. 595, government officials interfering with political activity. So And those, those are just the, those are just, that's just the list of that the has list. to do with this, this particular absolutely. trial, impeachment trial. But as I mean, we, ta we talked about the emoluments clause, uh -huh. 
we've talked about uh, his him being slapped on the wrist for his charity work. Like there have been other things taxes. outside of this realm. Turning so over taxes. T- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Taxes. Turning not not only turning over taxes, but irregularities in his taxes right. before. So we're talking just having to do with impeachment and there what we are have many other things with yeah. witness testimony so far so yeah um lest anybody argue that there are no actual crimes anyway it's you know we're gonna move past the technical part <sighs> we are no longer in an impeachment process but impeachment's going to linger far after this it's going to be talked about in the primary it's going to be talked about in the general uh republicans will use it to, to call <laughs> Republicans will use impeachment to call Democrats, you know, witch hunters, and Democrats yeah. will use impeachment to call Republicans and stonewallers and stonewallers, and that's just immoral. how it's gonna. Yeah, and it it is funny because again, we are so divided as a country that it's almost like people have decided where they are on this issue and they're not going to be moved, and that's really sad. But we're gonna of, die today. Speaking of sad. Speaking of bizarre. Speaking of just oh, the surreal. So, yeah, twenty twenty is, is so weird it's been i think it's weirder already than 2019 you know was. Why? i'm gonna say that it's a leap year it's it is a, a leap, flipping year. leap year it is that's what happens yeah. oh it gets God. in your in your veins it just it's just yeah uh so i got the state of the union it was it was like a reality show i i watched clips. i have not, not watched fun. the whole thing i watched clips from it but it was i mean it, it is it is trump's post apprentice reality show is the state of the union at this point Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is his campaign ad. Everything that happened in the State of the Union yesterday, he's talking about his, the economy. He's he's introducing, introducing you know... Uh, Emotional, like, heartstrings exactly. tugging, accessorizing trauma. Yeah. No, I mean, there were two tactics, and I think one was heartstring tugging, and then the other one... It's like carrot and stick. The other one was be afraid, mm-hmm. us versus them, us versus them being... The European. economy will tank if you don't reelect me. Basically, is is yeah. the gist of fear European allies who aren't supporting us, fear immigrants, fear other terrorists are coming, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, at the end of the State of the Union, I killed myself. <laughs> no, <laughs> Kenzie's a ghost. No, she's no longer with us. Goodbye. No, don't joke about that. That's not good. No, I'm I don't alive. like that. It's all good. Um, at the end of the State of the Union. <laughs> Uh, Nancy Pelosi stood up and Trump handed her a copy of the speech and she, well, she just, he handed it at the beginning. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just stood up and tore it into like fourths and like Kiss threw me. it away. And it's so I, I saw a lot of people on both sides angry yeah, about I this know. because you know, people on the left were saying it's gonna you isolate know, folks. Yeah. Well, the people on the left were saying um, that you know an actual show of strength would have been just to not invite him to have the speech to give the speech, which I think. If she's she, damned if, if she does. Yeah, she's exactly. damned if she didn't. Because I also saw her roasted for clapping, which if you looked at what she was clapping for. And people just don't like Nancy Pelosi. That's kind of what I it comes know. down to. Powerful Democratic women, you're fucked. But um, she clapped at things that half the time, like the criminal justice reform bill, yeah. that was spearheaded by Democrats. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we're celebrating something that ended up being bipartisan, but that was actually our accomplishment. And things like the... Uh, the marine or whatever being reunited with his family mm-hmm. was so she's supposed to stonewall then yeah uh so i i don't know well, there were all these reality show moments these very because what else does he have produced moments like the marine being reunited with his family which is of course very heart heart tugging yeah and 
and you don't want to. And it has nothing to do with Trump. Like, except for the fact that he invited this person. Yeah. And then two other things that I thought were fun. Um, One thing that just was so glaring to me was that Trump bragged about fewer people being on food stamps under his administration than under Obama. cut food stamps. You cut food stamp availability to Uh, millions of people. cruel do you have to be to cut food stamp availability and then brag about fewer people having food stamps well see this is how like manipulative dictatorship demagoguery all that good stuff works because you fuck with the reality and then you create an alternate narrative around it Mm -hmm. so it's like oh look how well we're doing you're doing well right look numbers even though you're actually pulling the rug out from under people at the same time it's very nefarious and gross uh I did enjoy also when Trump started talking about how, oh, boy, the second a bipartisan bill to uh, cut down pharmaceutical drug prices comes across my desk, I'll sign it. Get your shit together, essentially, mm. houses, and and we'll do it. Uh, there actually is a bill called H.R. 3, the House resolution, that was passed by Democrats in the House and has died in the Senate because of Republicans. So the Democrats started chanting H.R. 3 when he said that because in fact such a thing exists but also honestly i will believe that a bill to lower drug prices is gonna like honestly it's like i'll believe it when i see it because right it's but if you care so much trump like yeah it's ready babe big pharma has its tentacles deep into our political world like particularly the the right because we have the democrats have passed something that yeah will start chipping away at that um i also thought that it was a gross lack of judicial restraint to see gorsuch and uh kavanaugh like smiling with each other Mm. and and kind of patting each other on the back can we bring up the weirdest thing though oh my god rush limbaugh was awarded the medal of freedom um rush limbaugh was invited (sighs) by the president he has lung cancer i'm not gonna say anything about that because i i don't want to be nasty no we're not gonna stoop to that and and no no one deserves lung cancer Um, sure that like but he he's a, not a good yeah. person. I he has said horrible horrible things about minorities, and he is extremely he's like the Howard Stern of the right. Um, and remember when uh, there was like a town hall maybe five ten years ago where a college student asked about birth control coverage, and it was like a pre law girl from Georgetown or something, and he called her a slut. That was I a nice remember move. that. Yeah, no, Rush Limbaugh is is not a good person and should not be awarded the, the Medal of Freedom. It's And my judge pointed out that the 105-year-old Tuskegee Airman who was invited and accessorized in the audience got to watch Rush Limbaugh, yeah. who also hates black people, per his word, receive the Medal of Freedom. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh has said extremely gross things about people of other about races. really anybody about who's not a color. straight white man and yeah. mm-hmm. and so yeah exactly the tuskegee airman who i am happy we honored him i am happy that he, well, he was, was a good addition his, yeah a, a moment to be recognized and yet not the He's medal the of freedom last or he should have been given the medal of freedom right Absolutely. so the fact that he was looking on as rush limbaugh was given the medal of freedom which by the way is an unprecedented uh presentation of that honor yeah, let me, I which i will never tuskegee get airman's name since mm-hmm He's so retired Brigadier General Charles McGee, the last surviving Tuskegee Airman. He was given a, a moment of honor. So I'm sorry, he's <laughs> one of the medal. last one of the last surviving airmen who served in World War II, plus the Korean and Vietnam Wars. So the for what it's worth, the Tuskegee Airmen were 
they were a black unit mm. in um world war Two. absolutely yeah, yeah. so yeah all black unit in a country that was not really respecting them at home and yet they died for us and so if you're gonna choose someone to give the medal of freedom mm, to tough call it should probably go to uh brigadier general charles mcgee that's why i'm gonna say that right now <laughs> one of many who yeah. is better qualified so that was kind of sad uh anyway folks so first of all trump can say whatever he wants in the state of the union there is absolutely Bye. A huge movement of people who are not happy with income inequality in this country, who are not happy with right. um, where they're at, their quality of life. And a lot of those people are going to be voting in the general. And please, it's, please don't vote for him. I, listen, class is an issue in 2020. Trump taps into that, absolutely. He, some people... Well, he breeds hysteria, too. Yeah, he, some people he, really hear, think that when they hear him speak... They think that he has a solution to their problems, um, but there are, there is another movement on the left that is talking about this. We see it with Warren. We see it with Bernie. They're actually bringing up this issue of, listen, you have not been well served by the establishment on the right or the left, so yeah. like, give us a try. You know what I mean? Yeah, and boy, I heard somebody say this morning that he that Trump is really the only president who has worked to actively foster that division and has never had a moment of not doing that. And mm. I, I think that's really true. And it's it's really sad. Because when you when things aren't going well for you and you're afraid, sometimes the person who comes in and validates your fear sure. and your anger and is that's the all one you has. want to go with. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. It's gross. Uh, I'm just going to leave this on a fun fact. Oh, thank you, uh, please. The last, the last question that I will answer is from um, someone who, again, sent, uh, sent a question through my Instagram. And uh, they said, as a non-American, where does the word caucus come from? Well, like Caucasian? No, no, no. Uh, we, we actually don't know where it came from. Okay. The best guess that we have is that it's uh, an Algonquin word. It's a Native American oh, word. Oh, interesting. It, that means one who advises. So that's oh, that's kind of nice. Guess that we know where the word caucus comes from. Um, anyway, I hope you guys learned some stuff from this episode. I learned some stuff just researching this episode. I'm fascinated by this process now. The first use was in 1800. How about that? That's crazy. Oh, you mentioned another word last week, and I forget what it was, but it was about mm. lawyers who were bad. I don't know. Oh, um, oh my God, petty, petty, petty fogger, petty fogger. So a petty fogger is uh, a, a person is, there's, a, there's one that's a, a bad lawyer who uses petty arguments right but then another word like if you call someone a petty fogger you also just might be calling them like someone who brings up petty disrespectful issues. yeah yeah i think so a little yeah. petty fogger but you're not you're a good so lawyer. i'm a i'm yeah i'm a baby petty a little petty fogger oh. <laughs> hit me where it hurts <laughs> oh my god god friended me <laughs> god friended me um okay guys She's you the... can follow me on instagram at brooke angeline you can follow Mackenzie on instagram mkz joy brennan joy like the word is my middle did name. you spell it out or is it just M-K-Z? yeah i changed it Ooh, mm. she's trying i want to honor my mom <laughs> that's cute yeah uh you can follow me on twitter at bke rogers uh we love when you guys tweet at us and dm us and it interact us. with us yes we love it Mackenzie, what's um, your Twitter handle? Get me to a nunnery, but two is the number two. And I just watched the Mel Gibson Hamlet 
last week. Mm, that that was, must have been interesting. Ooh, yeah. Really rolling in the uh, Helena Bonham Carter as Ophelia. I actually have never seen so that version. Good. And I, I was, when you said Mel Gibson, I was like, mm. mm. When you said Helena Bonham Carter, I was like, oh. It's like, like, it's like the kombucha girl. She's like, mm? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And Glenn Close is Gertrude. Oh, okay. Pretty yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. down for that. I can and, ignore uh, Mel Gibson for two hours. Mel Gibson's like, get thee to an nunnery. Go. <laughs> you crazy little bitch. Anyways, I'm going to Subscribe Quit while I on the things. Yeah. We're on many things. We're on the uh, Apple Pops. Apple Plops. Spotify. Plopify. You can follow us on the things. You can DM us everywhere. You can BM us anywhere. You can um, send <laughs> stuff by snail mail. Or a carrier pigeon. I'm leaning to a bat now. Oh, yeah. Careful the coronavirus because it's from a bat. Not to give him a bat rat. Don't eat bats. Don't eat great. Bats are my children. Why would you eat If them? you eat something that ate a bat, you're still fucked. Crazy. Don't eat a bat and don't eat anything that ate a bat. And you'll unlock the coronavirus. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Keep more bats alive, too. So win-win. Send something by bat. I, I will keep saying this until someone does it. Scream into a jar. Send it to us. We won't know if you did it, but, but it'll be maybe fun. we will. All right, folks. Bye. <laughs> Moaning, oh my god. Sexual harassment.